Welcome to another episode of Bible Conversations. Today, we're going to be talking about go even when there is trouble. Well, Chris, we're moving on to the the next uh, episode in this yeah. series that we're doing about uh, going, yeah. uh, going into all the world, fulfilling the Great Commission, and um, we've uh, enjoyed having a few guests on the podcast along the way with us this summer as we yeah. go throughout this series. Unfortunately, our uh, summer series speaker could not join us uh, this week, and so we'll just be talking about his topic um Without him, so it's just yeah. going to be you and me here. Yeah, that's um, all right. But still continuing with the series and yep. and looking at the idea of we have to go even though there's going to be trouble, even yeah. though it's not going to be easy. Not everybody's going to want to listen to our message. Um, not everybody's going to like uh, what we're what we're saying. Um, not everybody's going to understand what we're even talking about and who we're talking about. Yeah. But we still have to go. And, and that's the, the point that we really want to hit home today is that, um, regardless of the answer that we receive from people, regardless yeah. of, um, whatever we face, whether it be foreign, um, governments, uh, other, other people throughout the world, yeah. however the message of Christ is received, that does not matter. And that should not hinder us by any means. Correct. Yeah. Well, and, you know, the, the more that we talk about Jesus, the more, knows we're going to get, the more, you know, uh, likely it is that we're going to get yeses, the more likely it is that we're going to be ridiculed, the more likely, to, you know, I mean, just the more you do it, the more likely, the more probable everything becomes, yeah. right? You do it one time, it's very unlikely that you're going to get killed. It's very unlikely that they're going to say yes. It's very unlikely, you know, yeah. everything is unlikely. But yeah. if you do it hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times, all of those things become infinitely more likely, yeah. right? And so we can't allow that fear of the negative or of the bad to stop us from going. Yeah. And this might be a, a point that we'd probably like to close with, but it's yeah. on my mind. I would say the more that you uh, go talk about Christ as well, yeah. the easier it becomes in the sense of you become more confident in what you're you're saying. Absolutely. You become more confident in what you know. And so um, even though you, you face all of these different kind of trials and they become um, like – uh, not more and more likely, but you're going to experience more of them the more that you do it. Yeah. Um, then also you're going to become more and more confident the more that you talk about Christ. And so mm-hmm. in some of these examples that we're going to look at today, I think we're, we are, we'll see that, um, uh, whether it's prophets of the Old Testament, uh, apostles in the New uh, Testament, um, uh, different preachers, uh, teachers going and, and talking about Christ, the more that they do it, the more confidence that they are filled with in who they're talking about. And, yes. um, and so I think we have to keep that in consideration as well. Yeah. Well, let's, I think, start in the Old Testament. I know you've got that sounds good to one me. thing that you want to, to discuss. I've got one thing to discuss, and then we can move into the New Testament and talk about different people there. But, um, you know, we've been going over Ezekiel in our Sunday morning Bible class, and, and as we think about and consider this idea of going or doing God's will, really is, is the premise of it, right? Mm-hmm. We, we go because that's, a, that's God's will. That's what he has told us to do. That's what he's commanded us to do, and so therefore we go. Well, back in the Old Testament with Ezekiel, uh, Ezekiel was told to go and tell the people certain things, and he yeah. was told to go and do certain things, right? Yeah. And so in chapter 4, God tells Ezekiel, he says, And you, son of man, take a brick 
and lay it before you and engrave on it a city, even Jerusalem, right? And so he says, all right, so you're going to draw the city of Jerusalem on this brick. Okay, cool. That sounds easy. Not really. I couldn't draw you know, <laughs> a stick man, much less city of Jerusalem. Anyway, he says, put siege works around it and build a siege wall against it and cast up a mound against it. All right. So now you've got this idea, this brick that has Jerusalem on it. And then you've got, I don't know, I guess he's got little toy siege engines and he's putting them up all around and he's put a mound of dirt up against it. Yeah. And then it says set camps also against it and plant battering rams against it all around. And so you can kind of see that that brick does not look overly secure mm-hmm. at the moment, right? Um, and then it says, and you take an iron griddle and place it as an as an iron wall between you and the city and set your face toward it and let it be in a state of siege and press the siege against it. This is a sign for the house of Israel. And so he has the city, he has all of these things around it. And then in between him and the city is this iron griddle or a pan or a pot or something they used to cook on, right? Mm-hmm. And then we get to verse four. Then lie on your left side. And place the punishment of the house of Israel upon it. For the number of the days that you lie on it, you shall bear their punishment. For I assign to you a number of days, 390 days, equal to the number of years of their punishment. And so Ezekiel is lying on his left side, which, you know, I mean, when I go to sleep at night, I go from my left to my right in a matter of minutes. He's got to lay on his left side for 390 days on hard ground. In the sun, yeah, in the desert, unbelievable, right? Yeah. So he's doing this, and and then he has to switch, and he has to lay down on his right side for forty days, and so for well over a year, Ezekiel is just laying on his side and bearing the punishment of what Israel is going to have to bear when Babylon takes them over, right? Mm-hmm. When when Assyria takes them over, when, when they are captured. Um, I guess it would have been Babylon at this point. Uh, but but this is the punishment that Israel has to bear, and, and he's told, go. Well, could you imagine hearing this and being like, yeah, no, I don't want to do that. <laughs> I, who would want it, to do that? It's so interesting because the, the, the instructions God gives to Ezekiel is um, – is really to, to, to get the point across to the people of yes. uh, like to God is helping Ezekiel be a very um, a good preacher in yeah. his illustrations. I mean, yeah. who, who doesn't see a preacher with these kind of illustrations and think, wow, he's got some kind of message to share. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's a very creative way to get the point across. Yeah. Um, but you think about it, you see this day after day and you're like, okay, he, is either a, a madman or he really does have a good, uh, yeah. like some message that some point that he's trying to get across. Yeah. I'm sure that people also thought Ezekiel was reinforcing the stereotypes that preachers only, you know, work one day a week or whatever. Yeah, he's laying he's down, just laying days down days on week. the job. Right. <laughs> um, no, but, but in all reality, I mean, he's, he's going through a lot of pain. Yeah. Like this is not a fun thing. This yeah. is not. And yes, he is, he is very likely, a good preacher because of these things. Yeah. Right. Because God is helping him. And, and really, as you said, he's helping the people of Israel understand this isn't about Ezekiel. Yeah. This is about you. Yeah. And you need to turn and you need to repent and you need to change. Uh, but, but they're hard hearted. In fact, at one point in, in Ezekiel, it says they're hard headed. 
Mm-hmm. I've made your head as hard as theirs, Ezekiel, but they're hard-headed, right? Yeah. Like they're not going to listen. Yeah. But the crazy part about this is, you know, th- with the mentality of go, even though there's going to be trouble, yeah. is Ezekiel still doing this? And mm-hmm. yet, what, what do the people do? What, yeah. What's the people's response? They don't change. Exactly. Don't and, change. and so even though like there is no change oh, up to a year, don't, yeah. don't you think Ezekiel will be like, okay, I've been doing this for a year. Yeah. Like, Surely. Like, like that this this isn't working let me just let, let me stop I, I'm done with this yeah um, and there's 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 trouble that is uh, that Ezekiel is going through yeah um, and it doesn't seem to be working and yet even though he's not seeing success he's yeah. going through pain he doesn't stop he doesn't stop he continues to do it because he has been told to do it right yeah. because that is his job just as it is our job regardless of what awaits us out there mm-hmm. we are to go. Yep. Right? We are to fulfill God's will, his command, his wish, right? Yep. Um, so you had one in Hosea, I know. Yeah, I wanted to look at Hosea a little bit um, and make the point about go even though there's going to be trouble. So Hosea, at the very beginning of uh, the book, Hosea is a prophet in the Old Testament. And in chapter 1, um, God tells Hosea to actually go and marry a prostitute. Um, and and God is trying to show Hosea along the way that you're going to marry this woman. You're going to start a family with this woman, have some kids with her. Um, but she is at the end of the day, a prostitute and she's going to leave you and go back to, to her old ways. And, um, and God is doing this to show Hosea that this is the way that my people have treated me, that they have, have turned their back on me. They've essentially, the, the, the phrase is used a lot of times with the nation of Israel that they've whored around with other gods. Yep. Um, and, uh, and God tells Hosea, this is what I want you to do. So you understand my pain. So you understand the things that, that I'm going through, but Hosea, goes through and, and marries this woman himself. And yeah. um, I find it interesting just in chapter one as he marries her and then they begin a family. Um, they have three kids and the second and third kid, um, they're actually called, the, the, his second child is called No Mercy. And and God said um, uh, to, to name her in verse six, call her No Mercy, for I will have no more mercy on the house of Israel Jeez. to forgive them at all. But I will have mercy on the house of Judah. And he goes on to say that, you know, the house of Judah is still yeah. still living, right? Um, and then it says in verse eight, when uh, she had weaned no mercy, when Hosea's wife had weaned no mercy, um, she conceived and bore a son. And the Lord said, call his name, not my people. <laughs> And, um, for you are not my people and I am not your God. And so God is really putting Hosea through (laughs) this to get the point across that, that, um, this is not an easy task to get people to change their hearts and turn back to God. And God is putting this example right in Hosea's, like the middle of his life and in his family, um, in his, with his wife and his children. And, uh, later on in the book, uh, his wife, of course, leaves him. Um, she goes to go sleep around with other men. Um, uh, cause in her heart, she, uh, she's still a prostitute. She hasn't turned away from those ways. And so, yeah. um, so I, I just, think it's a great example of, you know, go, even though there's going to be trouble. God said, Hey, Hosea, go marry a prostitute. Go, uh, name your kids. No mercy. No mercy and and not my people. Not my people. Um, and obviously <laughs> that's going to be troublesome. Obviously yeah. that's not going to be an easy task, but Hosea follows through with it. And so yeah. I think we see multiple times people throughout the Old Testament, and we can look at some more popular examples of whether it's David or Daniel or yeah. or Elisha, Joseph. You know, there's a yeah. lot of examples of people 
fulfilling God's will for them, even though there's trouble. Yeah. But I like looking at Ezekiel and Hosea because yeah. we don't look at them all that often. We and, don't. And yet there's still people who followed through with God's will yeah. when it's not easy. Yeah. And those, those examples are so poignant. I mean, to lay on your side for well over a year, right? Mm-hmm. And proclaim when nobody's listening. To marry somebody who you know is going to be unfaithful. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't even imagine marrying someone who I knew yeah. would be unfaithful to me later down the road. Just the heartbreak yeah. that you know is – I mean, unbelievable. Yeah. Um, and so to go through with that shows the love and devotion to God first and foremost, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's huge. Um well, let's go to the New Testament, if you're good with that. Yeah, absolutely. So Acts 14, uh, in in verse 19 is where we'll start. We've just got a few verses to read here. Um, I'll give a little background. Paul has been teaching. Uh, Paul and Barnabas have been teaching at, at Lystra, and, and they've been in Iconium. And um, and so he's, he's in Lystra, and it says in verse 19, Jews came from Antioch and Iconium, and having persuaded the crowds, they stoned Paul and dragged him out of the city, supposing that he was dead. But when the disciples gathered about him, he rose up and entered the city. On the next day, he went on with Barnabas to Derbe. When they had preached the gospel to that city and had made many disciples, they returned to Lystra and to Iconium and to Antioch, strengthening the souls of the disciples, encouraging them to continue in the faith, and saying that through many tribulations we must enter the kingdom of God. And when they had appointed elders for them in every church with prayer and fasting, they committed them to the Lord in whom they had believed. All right. So, I mean, just what a man. So you've got Antioch and Iconium, places that Paul has already been and already preached. At at Antioch, they were first called Christians, right? The Jews didn't like Paul there, so they followed him to Iconium. They didn't like him there, so they followed him from Iconium to Lystra. Yeah. and They're they're like chasing him. They are. They're chasing him to kill him with the intent of killing him because when they they convinced the crowds— they stoned him. Yeah. And they, I mean, picking up stones and throwing them at people. I mean. We're not talking about playground gravel. No, 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 no. I, I mean, so a couple of weeks ago, playing softball and guy, you know, it's slow, slow pitch softball. Yeah. You know, that ball didn't come in fast. Yeah. And he tossed it and I, you know, I, I didn't move out of the way because, you know, whatever, it won't hurt too bad. Yeah. Well, it hit my shin and I was like, all right, I can't act like it hurt. Because but that one hurts. there's a lot of men around. <laughs> yeah. But that didn't feel good. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like it, and that's a slow softball, like, I mean, maybe five miles an hour. Yeah. Right. That just nicks my shin. Whereas you've got grown men throwing rocks. Yeah. At Paul with the intent of killing him. Yeah. And and he's so beat up that they actually thought they did. Yes. They thought they had killed him. Yeah. I mean, the amount of blood, the bruises, the probably broken bones, period. I mean, in, in places. Yeah. I mean, Paul is just beaten. Yeah. Absolutely beaten. And, and it says then, <laughs> when the disciples gathered about him, he rose up and ended the same day. He went back into that city. Mm-hmm. And he stayed there the night, and then he got up the next morning, and he went to Derby, right? So he at least left. Yeah. He knew that his life was forfeit, I think, entirely mm-hmm. if he stayed there. But he went to Derby, and he continued doing what he had been doing in order to be stoned, right? Yeah. Like, he didn't stop doing what he was doing. Yeah. And then after some time, they went back to Lystra. And then he went back to Iconium. And then he went back to 
Antioch, all of the places where all of these Jews hated him. Mm-hmm. And he strengthened the disciples there. And and what did he say to the disciples? And I think this is something that we have to take to heart because I think often we like, oh, well, we're Christians. Life's going to be a little easier now. It's going to be, you know, not as difficult because, you know, we've got God on our side. Well, yes, we do have God on our side. That doesn't mean it's not difficult mm-hmm. at all, right? I mean, we still have a, a responsibility to fulfill his will. And in verse 22, says he was encouraging them to continue in the faith. Well, how was he doing that? He said, saying that through many tribulations, through many troubles, through many trials, through many difficulties, we must enter the kingdom of God. This life is not going to be easy. It's going to be hard. Even though there's trouble, we have to go. We have to do something. And so I think Paul's message there is so clear, you know, that, that we are going to encounter trouble that does not and cannot stop us. Yeah. Well, the place where I'd like to kind of conclude this discussion is actually yep. at the tail end of Hebrews 11 going okay. into Hebrews 12, because th- this will bring us back into why we we go, even though there's trouble. Yeah. Um, but at the end of Hebrews uh, chapter 11, it's finishing the hall of faith, talking about all these people who, who did this by faith, did this by faith, did this by faith. Um, but we get to um, verse 32 as it's uh, concluding a, full stories about individuals and just starts listing off incredible things that people have done because of their faith, because they're, they're just in service of God. But in verse 32, it says, and what more shall I say for time will, will fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah of David and Samuel and the prophets who through faith conquered kingdoms, enforced justice, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, or made strong out of weakness, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight. The women received back their dead by resurrection. Some were tortured, refusing to accept release so that they might rise again to a better life. Others suffered mocking and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawn in two. They were killed with the sword. They went about in skins of sheep, of sheep and goats, destitute, afflicted, mistreated, of whom the world was not worthy, wandering about in deserts and mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. See, it starts off with the pretty cool things. The pretty cool things. It, it's almost like, yeah, I know there's going to be trouble, but look, at the end of the day, I might conquer kingdoms. At the end of the day, I'm going to be able to for- enforce justice. I'm going to obtain promise. I'm going to stop the mouths of lions, quench the power of fire, escape the edge of the sword. And so we almost will have this mentality of like, yeah, I know there's going to be trouble, but just look at the awesome stuff that people have done. Yeah. But that's not what's promised to everybody. No. That's God uses promise certain, to some. Yeah. yeah. Well, God uses certain individuals to accomplish certain tasks for his kingdom and, and his will. And yeah. some of us, the, the trouble that we face is being sawn into yeah the, the trouble that we face is um being tortured is being mocked flogged tortured um killed with the sword going about in skins of sheep and goats destitute afflicted and mistreated yeah. and um and we have to remember that whatever it is that we we face whether we are our ruler over a nation and we can direct masses of people to god or whether we are just one individual talking to another individual about our God. And whether we face torture or not, we still have to go, even if there's going to be trouble. But here's why. And this is what I love. Verse 39 of of chapter 11. And all these, though commended through their faith, did not receive what was promised, since God had provided something better for us, 
then uh, better for us that apart from us, they should not be made perfect. So he's saying their promise, the reason they do all this is not here on this earth. It's the eternal reward. And then into chapter 12, therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, all of these witnesses that have said, I'm going to serve God with my entire life. Since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin that clings so closely yeah. and let us run with endurance. The race is set before us. Yeah. We, we have to, to let go of anything that might hold us back. Yeah. Anything that might keep us any, any thoughts in our minds that, that might be Satan trying to tell us, no, you're not good enough. No, that's going to be too much. No, you can't handle that. Yeah. Um, and lay that aside looking to Jesus. Yeah the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured endured the cross, cross, despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. And then check out verse three. This is my favorite one. Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. As we go and understand that there may be, most likely will be trouble, Mm -hmm. Consider him. Consider Jesus. Because Jesus did the exact same thing. Yeah. He went even though he knew there would be trouble. Yeah. He's sitting there in the garden praying to the Father, knowing what is waiting for him. But the answer was still, not my will, but yours be done. That's yeah. the attitude that Christ had. And so we have to consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself. Yeah. That's... I. I've been reading through these verses in Second Corinthians, and I almost don't want to share them because that was such a good, <laughs> good ending. But I, I, Paul explains in Second Corinthians chapter one, um, and and I think this goes right along with everything you just said. So yeah. I'm, I'm going to. The only reason I'm reading no, it is because I think it. it goes right along. This is perfect. He says, "We do not want you to be unaware, right?" So Paul and the people he's traveling with, brothers of the affliction we experienced in Asia. For we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired of life itself. I have wow. been to that point. I have been to the point where I did not want to live anymore. Yeah. It's not a fun place to be, right? It's, it's not a fun place to be. It says, indeed, we felt that we had received the sentence of death. But that was to make us rely not on ourselves, as you're talking about, right? Don't don't think of me, don't think of what I can do, but he says, but on God who raises the dead, right? Focus on Jesus, focus on yeah. God, focus on what he has done. He said, he delivered us from such a deadly peril and he will deliver us. On him, we have set our hope that he will deliver us again. So no matter what happens, we know God's got us. Yeah. Right. What, what's that? What's that little children's song? He's got the whole world. Yeah. He's got the whole yeah. world in yeah. his hands. Um, and it's absolutely true. And we, yeah. we, we have to live as though we believe that. Yeah. Because it's so easy to say it. It's so easy to teach it in Bible classes. It's so easy to, to talk that way when we're surrounded by Christians. But to live um, it. But to live it. Yeah. It, it's, it, it's completely life changing. And yeah. going back to what I said at the beginning. That's one of the things that becomes easier the more that you do it. Yes. You're, you're, it's practice. Yeah. Practice makes better. Um, perfect practice makes perfect. There you go. Um, that's what my uncle used to always tell me playing baseball and tennis and everything. Yeah. He'd be like, 
practice makes perfect. He goes, oh, I don't like that anymore because you can practice wrong. Yeah. So perfect gotta, practice makes perfect. Perfect practice makes perfect. So we've got to do the thing the way that God has told us to do it. Yeah. And, and we can, we can talk about what we're supposed to do all day long, but yeah. until we actually live that way and say, yeah. Whatever I face, I am not going to turn my back on God. Yep. That becomes easier and easier the more that you do that, the yep. more trials that you overcome. And that's James right there. Yep. That's James. Uh, Count it all joy, my brother. Uh, or chapter one. Chapter one, two through four. Um, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you encounter trials of various kinds. Yep. You know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness and let steadfastness have its full effect so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Yep. We become stronger through our trials. Yep. And, and if that's not the, the point that you can take from go, even though there's trouble, yeah. then, uh, I, I don't know what, <laughs> what you can take from that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is that we will be rewarded. So, well, um, I'll let you close this out and, yeah. and then we'll, uh, well, thank y'all for, for listening today. Uh, it's a, another enjoyable conversation we get to have about uh, going and telling people about our God. Uh, we hope that this has been an encouragement to you, that you have been able to to let this episode be something that, that kickstarts a conversation with somebody in your life who does not know Christ. Um, please join us again on Mondays as we release weekly conversation starters. Um, as always, check out our Facebook and uh, like and share our posts. Share uh, this podcast with whoever you may come in contact with so we can, one person at a time, get the word of Christ to the world. Thank you all so much, and we'll see you all next time. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Bible Conversations. We want to ask if you have any questions, suggestions, or comments that you please email us at kcocbibleconversations at gmail.com. You can also find us on social media. We've got a Facebook page as well as an Instagram account. Our Facebook page is very simple. It's just Bible Conversations. On Instagram, it's very simple, at Bible Conversations. Uh, Look us up, like our posts, and share it with your friends. We also have a... An opportunity for you to help us financially through a through a store uh, via Kim's Closet, and you can find that. Uh, you can just type into Google Kim's Closet. We have a uh, we have a link as well that, that we will be uh, posting in, in each of our episodes. And we just hope that you will that you will reach out and find us and uh, purchase a hoodie or a shirt uh, with the logo on it. And that way you can spread the word without having to say a word. So we appreciate you. Thank you all. Have a blessed week.